Welcome to the official Jets podcast. Eric Allen here inside studio. The studio with rookie running back Brees Hall. We're joined, as always, by the mad backer, Bart Scott. Let's get right to it. A hell of a comeback victory. Second time in two road games. How did that game winner feel for you? First rushing touchdown in the National Football League. Yeah, um, you know, I felt like people were trying to say I fumbled, but if you watch, you can see as soon as I got up, I uh, signaled that I scored a touchdown. So um, I knew the coaches, once we got inside the 10, they were going to put the ball in my hands at least three out of the four plays we had. So um, it just shows the level of trust they had in me, and I knew I was going to get in the end zone. Now, you guys fell down 10 points in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And then, I, you know, you, you got uh, Kenny Pickett over there all jacked up on Mountain Dew like he's doing his, <laughs> doing his thing. You know, how, how, how good did that feel to kind of silence that crowd, especially because I know after they start rallying, they play Renegade and they do all the little theatrics <laughs> and stuff. How was that environment, first of all, because you played in a big college and you've been in some big games? How did that compare? And how did it feel when they had to walk out of that stadium? Um, it was really like when when all that well, all of this started happening, you know, we we got in a hard spot and we felt like we were shooting ourselves in the foot. So nobody really ever got flustered or anything. It was just like, all right, guys, we got to lock it in, take it one play at a time. So, um, and really on that last drive, once we saw that um, Michael Carter the second got the pick, we were like, we got in the huddle and. Uh, Zach said, let's go score an effing touchdown. So we just took it a play at a time. And um, we knew that we could put ourselves in a good spot to score, and we did that. Okay. How much did Cleveland, how much did the win in Cleveland kind of give y'all hope that the game is never over and that you could come back? Yeah, it just goes back to uh, training camp and Coach Salah always saying, you always got 60% more. And then him preaching to us that the game's never over until the clock hits zero. So, um, you know, we just took it a play at a time and – like I said, the game's never over to the clock hit zero. So we just kept playing hard and uh, kept doing our 111th uh, on the field and you came out with the win. First rushing touchdown in your fourth professional game. Can you take us through that play? Because, Bart, I went back and looked at that replay today. Miles Jack was in there pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, it was a punch play, uh, so the O-line, was uh, they were having hard double teams on the D-linemen, so if the uh, linebacker shot, he was going to come free, and he did that. So I just kind of gave him a little sidestep, and he slipped off, and I was able to reach the ball across. That's really what it was. Did you know it right away as far as when they went to the replay that – Clearly, you weren't worried about anything because yeah. on the field, they're saying, Jets recovered the fumble. We're going to go back to yeah. where the fumble actually transpired. Yeah, because uh, I felt like, you know, I got really long arms and I'm like, all right, if we're at the one, all I got to do is break a tackle and just get the ball in. So I slipped off Miles, reached across, and uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, as I was uh, bringing it back, he came and kind of hit it out. But I wasn't worried. As soon as I got up, I signaled touchdown. So it was just like, all right, let's just wait for the replay. Now, they don't always get it right and always overturn themselves sometimes. Yeah. But when you, when, you, when you talk about some of the best to ever do it at the goal line, some guys, you'll go through, some guys go over. Mm-hmm. Do you have that in your repertoire? Like, you know, from the one-yard line, take off like LT used to do and you know, or, or uh, Walter Payton just get airborne? Oh, yeah. If you watch my college film, you'll see me go over top a few times. <laughs> uh, I, got, I think I got everything. I, yeah, I got everything in there. Uh, speaking of that, as far as guys you may have looked up to, mm-hmm. 
Your cousin is Roger Craig. <laughs> yeah. What what do you think about the way he approached the game with the high stepping? You always watch Roger Craig, mm -hmm. those legs were high. Yeah. See, it's kind of, we kind of have different running styles. Like he has a high step, but me, I'm real smooth. I got real long strides. So um it's it's kind of different. But you know, just watching him growing up, I took pride in me being able to do everything, uh block, run, and catch. So um and him like he's he's such a good he's such a great running back. I feel like he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame and um, just for him to always instill that confidence in me and tell me that, you know, I can contact him whenever I need anything. And for him to always be telling me good luck and good game and everything, that just uh, that meant the world to me growing up. So, yeah, he that means a lot. Yeah. Talk about one of the best dual threat um, quarterbacks, I mean running backs ever to play the game. Yeah. You're talking about those long strides. You're saying you got those long strides like Eric Dickerson. He was yeah. more up top. You know, but when when you think about you know, when I watched the game, I I saw an interesting personnel that I was hoping that you guys would would, would use, and that's you and Michael Carter in the backfield. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, two of those big runs was him kind of going out there and really laying out you know force you know from the secondary um, perspective, mm -hmm. putting a running back on a cornerback or yeah. a safety, opposed to putting a receiver on a cornerback or a safety. Now he did it for you this week. Now um, <laughs> should we expect next week? You know, you going out there doing your best, Mike Allstock impression? Oh yeah, I'm always willing to go return the favor. You know, me and him, uh, we've been really unselfish throughout this whole you know process. You know, I'm I'm always rooting for him. He's always rooting for me, no matter you know who who's getting the ball. I feel like the coaches just go off who has a hot hand at the time, and we're, we're we both can do everything. So uh, no matter who the coaches want in the game at the time, we both can get the job done. So. You know, me and him have a great relationship, and as much of a competition that it is between us, we use that to, you know, push each other to get better. You know, we're always critiquing each other and, you know, f uh, telling each other ways that we think we could get we could get better and everything. So it's been fun. It's definitely been fun. You told Caroline Hendershot last week, heading into <laughs> this game, that you really feel like you're hitting your stride. Yeah. What has the transition been like now four weeks in? Uh, just watching the film, just knowing that I've been getting better for four straight weeks, it's it's just a big confidence booster. And then the coaches are, you know, talking to me. They're real hard on me because they want me to be great. They want they want everybody to be great. They're hard on everybody. They always feel like uh, we can we can do more. We can be a little a little better um, in a lot of different spots. So um, for me, like I said, I'm hitting my stride and I'm getting a lot more comfortable on the offense. Um, I feel like you could tell just from the way I was running the ball, um, hitting the hole, and everything like that. And um, for a while, you know, I felt like I was a little uh, hesitant, just not being comfortable with the way guys were blocking and everything like that. But now it's just I've seen everything so much and um, I've, I've been in the game so much that I'm a lot comfortable starting to slow down and everything like that. So I'm just letting my natural talent take over. Explain, you know, the difficulty of, you know, different linemen coming in because guys block things a little differently <laughs> yeah. because some guys are bigger mm -hmm. so they can do it with four. Some guys are more position blockers because they're quicker. You guys have been mix, 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 match, mix and matching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mix and matching, you know, pretty much the entire, every, every game this year. How's that, you know, kind of slowed the development down a little bit? You know, at the end of the day, as a running back, you got to take pride in just being a human eraser. So, um, regardless of who, who's in the game, like I said, we got to be a human eraser. So, whether, no, no matter how the guys are blocking, you got to read and react. That's that's the nature of the game for the running back, read and react. So I feel like, um, yeah, you might have different guys. You might be plugging and playing different guys. But at the end of the day, you know, running backs all mo mostly based off instinct. So I feel like uh, regardless of who who's blocking for you, you should be able to read and react and make plays based off that. Do you think that you surprise defenders? They're going to see it on film now. 
Because you are a rookie, so there is a newness to your game. Yeah. Do you think you surprise defenders with your speed? I mean, <laughs> it, you know, you, you seem to get that second level quickly, and I think guys are still surprised. They see the scouting report and say sub four four, but he's a big guy, so yeah. I don't know if he's got that speed. Yeah, I think I do, and I feel like it shows every now and then in the game. You know, I feel like I can get up on a guy's toes and make a miss really easily, or um, just in it. Or it just shows with me running through tackles, you know, guys might think um, they're going to hit me and I might slip off of them or um, I might hit them with a quick move or whatever the case may be. But um, I feel I, th- I think I do take pride in that. The coaches love that about me, that I have that deceptive speed. And um, I feel like it de- surprises defenders all the time. I think your speed so deceptive that you've uh, surprised a lot of your quarterbacks because you got that <laughs> wheel around that's waiting to hit home for a 50, 60-yard touchdown. Yeah. I think you turn the after boosters on a little bit too too fast. Do you think you uh, – have, have you been kind of watching yourself and critiquing yourself on that, how you can kind of get a friendly ball first and then turn the Jets on, or is it already R2L2XXX off the <laughs> No, I definitely could tr- critique myself. And even if the quarterback's underthrow me, I definitely try to um, come back and get the ball. I critique myself on that. I feel like every ball they throw to me, I can uh, it's catchable. And if it hits my hands, I should be catching it. So, um, yeah, but uh, I also make fun of the quarterbacks. Like, uh, oh, I'm like, oh, your, your arm's not strong enough. I'm outrunning you and everything like that. So, uh, it's it's been fun, you know, but we're definitely still working at it. I feel like I'm going to have a lot more opportunities because I feel like I'm a matchup nightmare for, for linebackers who who aren't really fast and can't really stay with me. So, um, it's, it's just coming in week in and week out. I'm getting I'm getting uh, 1% better, and it's, it's been fun so far. You definitely expect to make all the plays, don't you? Because yeah. it, it, you go back to a couple weeks ago where you guys were talking about the wheel route. You're thinking that you probably should have caught that ball a little bit behind it from mm-hmm. Joe Flacco, but yeah. you're thinking touchdown, and maybe that changes the course of the game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I had a. Um, it was really like a double move, but um, I knew that I had already beat the linebacker, so I just gassed it, and I'm thinking he's going to throw it um, over my head. But now I turn around, and the ball's right there. But um, it still hit my hands. I'm still supposed to catch it. So um, it's just little things like that. I feel like I could get better, and that's going to make me elite. Now, when you think about it, I, I know you're a fan of football, not just a, a player. So you walk and you look at some of these other guys like Alvin Kamara, mm-hmm. uh, look at maybe Edwards Alaire, uh, even Joe Mixon. You know, a lot of these guys that may sneak in a play or something that you haven't seen. You know, we, we haven't really seen much of the shuffle pass. We haven't seen like the old school, like, um, you know, swing pass with the swing screen. Yeah. Now, are you going to the coaches with things that you did in college and trying to put in suggestions? So it can get thrown in the, in the playbook. Yeah, I definitely try to you know sprinkle some of that stuff in there. Um, even with some of the run game stuff, just like uh, gap scheme stuff, I try to sp- sprinkle a little bit in there. And they, the coaches definitely do listen to that, um, they, and they want to get the ball in my hands as much as they can in uh, every situation that they can. So uh, it's just cool to know that they have that trust in me and that they want to get the ball in my hands because they know I'm a big playmaker. No, I, I know you guys are enjoying the win today, but tomorrow you turn the page. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a big one, right? You guys have yet to win at home, but now you get to, you know, the the Miami Dolphins, who's the darling of uh, the NFL right now. You know, they're going to be playing without Tua Tunga Bailoa. Teddy Two Gloves was a Jet for a brief moment, but it's an opportunity to play a meaningful game yeah. in October, which will maybe catapult you guys to second in the division and will put the rest of the league on notice. Like, what's the vibe like even early in the week as far as getting ready for Miami and 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 in an almost playoff atmosphere because what's on the line and the hated rivalry between the Dolphins and the Jets? Yeah, at the end of the day, you know, um, we're all 
we're all human. We all have to go out on the football field and play. So I feel like we're not going to take any different approach. Obviously, they have a lot of weapons on the offensive side of the ball, and they have a really good defense. But like I said, we're going to go out and do what we do. And, um, and I feel like if we put our best foot forward, then we're going to be in a great position to win the game. Is it a good lesson for you guys, considering what happened a couple of weeks ago, that you guys win in Cleveland, then you come home and you struggle against Cincinnati? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely was a, a big lesson. I feel like... Um, this week, we, even just coming in today, we had more of a sense of urgency and uh, a lot, guys were a lot more locked in. Um, and we haven't even really started to prep for them yet, just in general. Um, I feel like this week we're not going to take it for granted. And we're going to – I think we're going to push ourselves even harder just because just because we knew that we came off of a good win and then lost the game. So we're going we're to be on ourselves even more. Yeah, being there last night, Bart, I sensed something in the locker room a little bit different than the Cle Cleveland game, which was an improbable comeback. You guys get the onside mm -hmm. kick. We know what happens. Uh, G-Dub in the end zone from uh, Joe Flacco. You guys win that game. <laughs> yeah. but, but last night it felt different where you guys were happy with the win, but the expectation felt there yeah, as well. We're, yeah, we're happy, but we're not satisfied. And like I said, we all feel like we could have put them away earlier, and we feel like we left some plays out there. Um, and this week we're just going to try to get better. We're going to try to get better at that. It really starts today with recovery, then tomorrow um, and prep. And tomorrow's our off day, so we have another recovery day, essentially. And then um, Wednesday, we just got to come in, be locked in, and be ready to practice. Now, now normally, normally I would tell you guys, hey, man, don't, don't be overexcited now and, and, and kind of play the game yeah. during the week. But – because you guys are so young and you have all this extra energy, your, your, your testosterone levels are high. You know what I mean? Your core, you got all that, you got everything. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna tell you guys, go into practice and and, and, and lay a lot of it out in practice as right. well, because it'll help you get out to a fast start. You're not an old veteran team that you can, you know, kind of go through the motions and go yeah. through it. You know, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna tell you to be the catalyst, right? You gotta, you know, it doesn't seem like you're much of a vocal guy, right? When you come in there, you don't have a lot of rah-rah guys. Right. If you want to really get the, a big effect, you remind me much of like Brad Smith, Jericho Cotri, who that, those names might not resonate with you here, but they resonate big you know, for Jet fans. They were right. very quiet guys that carried a big stick. Yeah. And if you are hyped, the team will follow. So just a bit of advice going into a big game because, you know, you want to say it's, it's a game like any other game. No, mm -hmm. Miami looks at playing the Jets like it's the Super Bowl, even right. though the rate, the, the pages are our rivalry. For the Dolphins, for some crazy reason, I don't know if it goes back to Jumbo Elliott, Dan Marino, they look at this as an organization like a Super Bowl. They yeah. hate the Jets more than anybody else in the division. So if you don't match that intensity, it's going to be a tough day. Right, and I feel like – um, the, the older guys are doing a good, a good job in instilling in us that we can't take anybody for granted. And we know that Miami's a good team. And I feel like the rookies, like our rookie class, I feel like obviously we, we probably had the best rookie uh, draft class in the whole draft this year. And um, I feel like we're all taking a step as just being being those leaders, being those spark players for the team. You know, you got Sauce on defense. He's always talking. And then you got me and Garrett who kind of just make those plays and get everybody going. So um, we're all taking a, taking pride in just being being a spark for our team, a spark 
for the team right now. And then the older guys are just doing a great job of keeping us, um, keeping us humble and just uh, showing us the way uh, for us to be a winning organization and for us to just keep taking steps forward for us to keep winning games. How tight are you guys? You just mentioned Gardner. You mentioned Wilson. Yeah. Who, who you guys? You guys are like a duo, and I see how tight you guys are inside the locker room. But extends beyond that. Uh, Jermaine Johnson mm. comes up with his first full sack yesterday. Yeah. Money Mitch, Max Mitchell, unfortunately <laughs> uh, went down, and, and that yeah. was a tough blow. But Michael Clemens, we're seeing him out there flash. I mean, how football. tight is his group? Yeah, we all we're all super tight. We all always we still have rookie meetings and everything like that. We're still learning, so um, we spend a, a lot, quite a bit of time with each other every day. You know, we're always in the locker room joking around. We always have our little rookie clique. So it's it's been fun with those guys so far. And then we're all um, playing really good football right now. So we're all just pushing each other to be, to be better and be the same guy day in and day out. Now, uh, you know, yesterday when we were doing a pregame, we saw your iced out chain. Now, I was trying to figure out, <laughs> was, the, was the, uh, the red, was that Enter the Dragon? Are you a Bruce Lee fan? Was that Enter the Dragon? There's nah. a lot of people have been uh, asking about this on social media. Stuff. All right, so... Um, my growing up, you know, in middle school, high school, my nickname was Breeze the Beast, and um, I got the the chain. The idea was just like a, a BH um, with claws around it, and then like a like a, a bear scratch or like a Wolverine scratch, you could say. And so um, we came up with that idea and tried to throw like some like blood in it, you know, the red in it, and um, it came out really good. So you know, I saw it got posted all over the internet, which wasn't my intention. I kind of wanted to keep it low key and everything like that, but you know, it came out nice. I enjoy it. Um, it's a good piece to have, but you know, it's not anything I wear every day. You see, I don't have it on. I'm not really a big jewelry guy, but it was kind of just a gift to myself because I, I feel like I put myself in a great spot. And I I've been having a lot of fun. So uh, my mom wasn't a huge fan of it because she doesn't like me uh, spending spending that much money. But um, she kind of had to be content because I don't do anything too crazy. So it was it was just a nice little gift. All right. So Bart might ask you how much the chain costs. I'm not going no, to. Okay. <laughs> Listen, All right, good. I, I got my own jury. Yeah, I know how much that stuff costs. <laughs> Can we keep the nickname, though? Breeze the Beast. Yeah, I like this. Yeah, that's it's been like that since about like sixth or seventh grade. So. Um, it started out as just um, it was an Instagram name, and then um, I started getting all the like notoriety in football and stuff and basketball, uh, and so the kind of the name kind of just stuck with me and everything like that. So they've been calling me that since I was young. I see, like so that. Where, you see, your marketing people got to put that out there, just like you have like the little sauce. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You got Halloween coming up, the Beast. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We can give you like some um, Teen Wolf stuff. Yeah. Breach the Beast for Halloween for the Kitty Bitty. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely going to, um, pretty soon here, it's definitely going to be big for like branding and marketing and stuff like that. So that was kind of the plan with the chain and everything like that. So it's, uh, it's going to definitely be in the works here soon. Uh, as far as your contemporaries, are there guys? who you don't play with right now, but maybe throughout the league, who you appreciate their game from the running back position. Yeah, my favorite running back is Alvin Kamara. I feel like he was like my biggest comparison as as far as like guys in the league right now. And then um, Arian Foster was another big comparison that I got. But, you know, growing up, I kind of feel like I watched a little bit of everybody. And then um, having uh, the IM Athlete crew and finally meeting LaShawn McCoy, it was <laughs> cool to be around him because I looked up to him too. So there's a lot of guys that I looked up to and I pretty much watched everybody. But, you know, there's a select few guys that I feel like I model my game after. That's a good group, Bart. Mm -hmm. I played against Aaron Foster and I understand the comparisons, the smoothness of him gliding, <laughs> never looking like he's, you know, um, extending a lot of effort, you know yeah. what I mean? But he's, look at him, he's been in the corner, he was smooth on his cuts, 
he was like a glider. Or, yeah. You know, Edron James is, is kind of a same similar type of runner as well when I played Edron James mm-hmm. in that same breath. Uh, maybe Clinton Porter's as far as those sliders, those yeah. jump guys that can stop and start, but it's always smooth. Cut on a dime. Yeah. Shady McCoy. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And, and Kamara, I mean, he can beat you every yeah. kind of way. And he makes it look so effortless, too. That's what I like because I feel like that's partially how I play. I'm just so smooth and it doesn't look like I'm trying all the time when I am. But, yeah, just guys like that, I feel like those type of guys are different just because they, you know, you can never really tell how hard they're trying, how hard they're going. But, you know, they're, they're, they're killers at the same time. You got quoted a lot today from what you said in the locker room after the game about <laughs> Go get an F and touchdown. Yeah. And somebody having testicular fortitude <laughs> there. And Zach yeah. Wilson. Yeah. Um, what was he like throughout the four quarters? That's the first time you play with him. Yeah, he's just even kill. You know, he wants to obviously he wants to get out there and be making plays. And um, he missed me a few times, and he was uh, hard on himself. But I'm, but he's like, yeah, we'll be good. Like I'm gonna get you. So um, just knowing that, you know, Zach always has that big play mentality. He always wants to win. You know, and then just it's just crazy to see him back out there running around, breaking out of sacks, and doing all the crazy plays and everything like that. So it, uh, it the game was definitely fun with him. You know, I felt like um, everybody was having a lot of fun and you know like that like I said the last drive um he said let's go score effing touchdown and you know uh, up till then he probably ha- wasn't having the best best game but we still got the win and he definitely made some huge plays for us so that's always a positive Bart that's a young group growing together I mean the bottom line that's what's happening here mm-hmm. uh Two double-digit fourth-quarter deficits on the road. <laughs> Two and zero on the road for Bryce the Beast and company. Uh, we thank you so much for joining us today. Mm-hmm. WinBet is bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, they have what you need to win. Jets fans in New Jersey, sign up today and use promo code XJETS. And after placing your first $100 wager, you will receive $100 to bet with. You will receive a $50 free bet and a $50 casino bonus. Again, the promo code is XJETS. Offer subject to change. Offer only available in New Jersey. Terms and conditions apply. You must be 21 or older to participate. Please visit winbet.com to view welcome offers available in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We are presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport bet together at WinBet. Eric Allen in studio with Bart Scott. We just had... Brees Hall on here. Brees the Beast. What do you think about the nickname? You like it? I mean, he's Brees right now. He got to do a little bit more work for me to call him Brees the Beast. But, you know, so far, so good. Uh, A a very humble kid, a guy that you can see getting better every single week. Uh, He has a lot of tools in his toolbox. And I think um, by the time we get to the middle of the season, he'll be able to use all of them. Well, you said it before the year. We're taping for Jets game day with Robert Sala, which airs Sundays, CBS, at 7.30 a.m. You said that Hall is going to be your offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy because I think he's right now, he's in a battle with with Garrett Wilson as well, his own teammate, uh, because he's made a case early on and captured the uh, attention of opposing teams, but also the attention of the, um, you know, the, the fans, you know, the, the all fans of the NFL. 
Uh, but he's getting better and he's getting stronger. You know, and I think, you know, by the end of the season, if it, they continue to get him touches and let the offense go through him when teams dare to come out with light packages to try and take away the passing game, you know, if they can complement each other, I mean, I don't see why he can't have, you know, 15 uh, or 1,100 yards um, rushing and maybe 1,500 total yards of all total production from, you know, in the passing game. Because before it's over with, they, I think they should maybe even put him in a slot and, wow. you know, get him out there with and let him take the role of the tight end and, and run go routes or angle routes or routes, especially if they decide to match him up with a linebacker who's going to play off. You got the slant and goals. You got all kind of things you can give them, you know, jet sweeps. I love the uh, idea that yesterday they came out with Kevin Carter, Michael Carter and Brees. And, uh, you know, there's so many different things you can do with that because you can fake the stretch to him and hit Michael, hit Michael Carter on a, on a, on a uh, wheel route, you know, as the defenders are going to start kind of preparing for, for Michael Carter coming at him. And then you act like you're going to hit him and, you know, you look up and you, pull the ball up and now you got a wide open, you know, running back in front and vice versa. You can do that same run the other way and let Brees be the head head receiver and, and be able to get some opportunity. So I love the creativity of LaFleur yesterday. I thought he, you know, did a did a lot with what he what he had. I mean, I didn't expect Vera Tucker to move to, to left tackle, but I mean he played and held up well. It just shows you how talented he is as a player. The fact that he can move from guard, right guard to left guard to left tackle and you know that's just a testament to his talent i think that really hasn't been pointed out enough at least by me how difficult that is and what a high level he played at why is the running back position devalued in the national football league because when you look at a guy like hall there weren't 32 players in last year's draft class better than him yeah it's just certain positions you put more value on as a whole and you feel like it's always quality because so many of the elite uh, running backs in this in this league did not go in the first round. You look at the best. Who would you consider the best? You'll say Jonathan Taylor and and and, and um, King Henry. Well, those are all second round draft picks. Yeah. You talk about Alvin Kamara, who you know Brees Hall told us that he really looks up to, and that's who he models his game after, uh, who he respects a lot um, uh, currently. And he was a fourth round draft pick from Tennessee, right? So you know you look at Austin Eckler, right? You look at Travis Etienne. You know, it's only a few guys that were taken high. McCaffrey, maybe Saquon Barkley. I can't think of a running back that's starting for anybody's team. That's a, you know, number one pick. You know, you got, you know, Melvin Gordon, who's a number two pick. I mean, a lot of guys. So I think that brought down the value. The fact that, you know, you can get a quality one. You know, it's a lot harder to find a left tackle, a lockdown corner, a pass rusher than it is a running back. All right, so let's talk about Zach Wilson. A uh, little bit of a bumpy ride there early in the game, but what do you think this can do potentially for him down the line? This is the first regular season game since last January. He played nine preseason snaps against the Eagles, Bart. He's staring down a Pittsburgh Steelers team. Yes, that was minus Watt, but it had Minka Fitzpatrick, and also that's a prideful group on the defensive Hightower, side. Tyler Hayward, they yeah. still have very good players in his league. And that place, was, that place was jumping, Bart, so to lead the Jets to two touchdown drives there late for another double-digit comeback for that victory, what do you think that can do for him moving forward? I think it just reaffirms that all the hard work he did in the offseason was worth it. You know, the adding of putting up the muscle mass, the chemistry that he had by, you know, getting his receivers to come out and train with him in the offseason. 
still, it all, it all, it all paid dividends. And then, you know, he can just take a start. I mean, he was a little rusty at first, you know, getting out of the pocket, I think, when he still had protection, spinning out. And then he settled down, right? He settled down in the pocket. And you talk about those last couple of throws. Those were from the pocket on time and, you know, really manipulating the defense with his eyes. You know, so now, you know, this is what this season is all about, to know if we have a franchise quarterback. And so far, so good. You know, now he has to put it together on the team. Last year that, you know, blitz Flacco, you know, a thousand times. He's going to have to be able to to be able to sight adjust and beat these guys with his mind, do the small things, get into the line of scrimmage early, putting guys in motion to see if it's man or, or zone, but also getting to the um to the to the to the line of scrimmage so he can go through his cadence to try and smoke them out if they're trying to blitz and, and be able to change the plays and get into the right protections. You know, that's the next step. It's the nuanced stuff, right? Yep. We know that he can do it physically. He has a strong arm. He's athletic. He put him on boots and throwbacks and waggles yesterday. But we want to know if he can do that pre-snap, you know, information where he sees what's going on, understands conceptually what the opposing defense is trying to do, and be able to exploit it and get his team in the best play possible. Do you think the Jets are ready to close the gap inside the AFC East? I'm not asking you whether they're going to be AFC East champs this year, but this is a team that did not win a division game last year, and this is a changed landscape from what we're used to. New England is 1-3 and three right now. The Jets yeah, are 2-2. Yeah. Two and two. Both the Miami Dolphins who you mentioned before when we're talking to Brees, their league upstart right now. A lot of people are giving them uh, attention and praise, and rightfully so. They're 3-1, and one, and the Bills are dealing with some injuries right now, but uh, the defending AFC East champs, two years running, they're 3-1. and one. I mean, absolutely. I mean, why not? Right? You talk about, you know, the Jets, in most experts' mind, maybe a year away from another big offseason and another great draft, but you know, the foundation is here. They're a scrappy group. They're talented. You know, they're just inexperienced. And the good thing is when they do get experience, they're going to get experience together, right? So they're learning and growing together. You got a, a young nucleus. And any given Sunday, you know, if you, they understand, the good thing is they're young and inexperienced. They don't know that, they're, that they don't know, right? So they don't have that fear. They don't have, you know, that history to draw back on of why we lose to this team or this team is better. They're just going out there saying, hey, we'll strap it up and, you know, we'll, we'll go out there and fight and we'll see where, where the cars fall when, when they uh, hit the table. Tyreek Hill, big storyline in the offseason. The Jets pursued him. He chose yeah. Miami. He's playing awfully well. With that being said, you think this could work out for both teams because the Jets right now, they got a really interesting receiver group that we're watching develop with Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore. And Corey Davis reminded us <laughs> that guy's a really solid veteran. That's a great threesome. And then you're talking about the Dolphins countering with two of the most dynamic uh, players with the ball in their hands in the National Football League with Waddle and Hill. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough sledding. This is going to be one of those games where you have to have two high safeties or you're going to have quarters. Um, you're not going to allow them to beat you over the top. That means, once again, that the front seven you know, or, or the front six, if they're going to be in, in, in nickel, is going to have to stand up against the run. They're going to have to be able to get – you know, uh, Teddy Two Gloves is athletic. He can get out of the pocket. And, you know, since the criticisms – of him was that he didn't push the ball down the field. He's now willing to push the ball down the field. We saw him briefly in Thursday night football when he came in for Tua Tagovailoa. Um, he pushed the ball down the field. He's decisive. He knows where to go with the ball. You know, so it's going to be about being disciplined. You know, I wish you know I can come up here one 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 of these um, days and we can talk about 
the D line not giving up the edge. You know, when they force you know Kenny Pickett to to throw the ball from the from the from the pocket, that's when the interceptions came. Too often they're not rushing and being disciplined within their lanes and setting edges. And you know, I think it negates a lot of the good work that that, that uh, Quentin Williams is doing, and also um, also Sheldon Rankins. So they just got to get they got to keep you know tightening everything up, man, and plugging the holes and play a complete game where they do the things right. And this is one of those games where they're going to have to do everything right because this team is explosive but can come back and score in a blur just ask the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to ask Robert Sala about this this week. Do you think for a young team it can be easier to play on the road? Maybe they play a little bit freer uh, and maybe get a little bit tighter at home. Is that possible? No, I don't think so because what happens is you expect the stars to be stars on the road. The role players struggle on the road. Um, and you expect them to play better at home because they're not getting booed. They're being cheered. They're not worried about if they mess up. They're going to get booed. Uh, I think that this is just they, this the opponents that they've played. Okay. They played a team with their back against the wall in the Cincinnati Bengals, and they were desperate to come out and get a win. They knew they couldn't go 0-3. And they played the Baltimore Ravens, who you know, people know are one of the best teams in the AFC with one of the most dynamic playmakers. And they gave up some big plays because – they didn't really have their, their eyes right early in the season, extension of preseason, and they really didn't communicate the, the way that you have to communicate to be a top 10, you know, uh, top five defense. You always say it, styles make fights. So how do these two teams match up overall uh, when you're looking at the Dolphins and how explosive they are and the way they attack defensively? Well, I mean, it's, it's boom or bust for, for Miami. They're going to try and run you off, and if you stand over the top, they're going to try and come back and, and get, like, 15-yard out routes. They're going to try and get slants. You're going to have to be disciplined. You're going to have I have to have eyes on Tyreek Hill all the time. You can't have communication problems like they've had between the cornerbacks and the safeties about how you want to play certain formations and certain routes. And then they're going to dare you to be disciplined when they send Tyreek Hill in motion to try and grab your eyes for speed sweeps and throw the ball over your head. So it's going to be one of those games where you got to say, listen, we're going to take care of the pass. You tell the DBs, listen, you worry about the pass. I understand you guys got a lot of hard hard lifting to do. You guys got a tough task. We'll handle the run because I think Miami's 31st or 30th in the league in rushing. You got to make sure that you're able to stop them with a light box so that you can add more assets and more resources to the pass game. And you expect these receivers, Wilson, Moore, Corey, to see a lot of man-to-man. Yeah, yeah, I, I expect I expect them to see a, a lot of man to man. You got to mix it up though. It's probably going to be mixed up. It's not going to be one dose, but you got to save some of those things, you know, for later in the game. You know, all the surprises. You know, and and, and they're going to try and attack uh, the Jets, and you know, Zach's going to have to be ready, right? Because they feel like okay, you, we we just saw them go against the Bengals, and and one of the plays that that broke the game open was T Higgins against Xavier Howard. Yep. Just because he's one of the best in the game don't mean you can't challenge him. And you have to be able to, to challenge him. And you know, I think Conklin is going to be uh, very important in this one, maybe chipping out because when they have one of those blitzes and if you're able to hold it up and you can be the checkout, everybody's back's turned and you leak out, you'll be able to get some big plays. Are you a believer in the Dolphins? I believe that the Dolphins are uh, a complete team. They have a way in which they have to win. Um I'm not so sold on their quarterback situation as everybody else is. I think eventually this league will catch up with what they're trying to do. Uh, but, you know, McDaniels is a new coach. 
you know, it's not a big book on what he likes to do, what his go-tos are. He doesn't have a big book on what his tendencies are. But those are being created every game they play. And by the time you get to week eight, you'll know the best way to try and defend him, whether you can execute or not. That's another thing. But you'll have a book on situationally what he wants to do because that's what the analytics will tell you. All right, brother, let's end here. A big picture, though. If you're a follower of the Jets, you're not over the top that they're 2-2, two and two, but you played four decent, competent football teams. You might have played one or two elite teams, and he came out of that 2-2 two and two, playing with your backup quarterback in three games, getting your second-year signal caller back, playing for the first time since January, and playing about 10 tackles so far this season. Yeah, I mean, I think so far, I mean, you if you thought, you know, when you looked at the schedule, you signed up for 2-2, two and two, you wouldn't be elated, but you would be like, you know what, this is this is better than expected. You know, because they can easily be 0-4 or 1-3. And, and it's a different situation in how you feel. You know, they went against, you know, you know, arguably one of the deepest divisions. So, I mean, when Deshaun Watson comes back, people are going to expect that team in Cleveland to, if they get in the seat in, 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 in the tournament, to be able to make noise. We all know what people believe about Baltimore and the Bengals, you know, was the AFC representative in the, in the AFC champion Super Bowl last year. So, I mean, all in all, if, if you can find a way to win this week, I think you'll grab the attention of everybody. Yeah, it's going to be huge because then you're going on the road for two games, starting with the Green Bay Packers and then the Denver Broncos. But for this team right now, after four games, you got 13 left. You got to take it a week at a time. It was great seeing you. We'll see you back in the studio later this week. Always a pleasure.